I'm gonna I'm gonna pop this open. See how it sounds. Oh, this is gonna be heavenly. Oh. <laughs> we can sell that shit to Coke, dude. Oh. We, we are millionaires. We can sell it to to that is any It was all worth it just for that. Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Two Wings, One Flight, where we have our two opposing political wings arguing their position on various current and political topics while sharing a flight of alcohol. First, we have... Hi, I'm Gabriel. I'm the leftist here. And I'm Matthew. I'm the more right-leaning opinion on the podcast. Lastly, you have myself, Andrew, who is the center of the aisle moderator of the show. For the first beer and the first round, we have a cherry wheat from Samuel Adams. Interesting. Okay. I've only had a couple beers from Sam Adams and one was there. I think it was Oktoberfest. Yeah. That's the one you didn't like. It kind of sucked. I don't, I don't mind Oktoberfest, but it kind of sucked. What do you think? (laughs) Uh, pretty dry. Not, not too hoppy. Pretty bitter. A little fruity. I really like this one. This is one of my favorite beers out there. It's heavier though, so I can't drink a lot of it. Hand me the small one, Matt. You like a dry beer? I guess. I don't know. Never really thought about it like that. Wet is wet. The only thing I've ever tasted that I feel like is absolutely dry is wine. Mm. Yep. What is that? Probably a cherry. All right. What's our first topic today, boys? It's Gabriel. All right. So I will be kicking us off today. Our first topic. And uh, this one, a little bit more overarching. I'd like to kind of set this up for future episodes to dive in deeper into different areas. Okay. Um, let, let's talk about libertarians. Uh, so, Matthew, this is like your, your favorite domain. I so I want to know, right? What what libertarian ideology exactly you align with, and what the outcome goal of that is? Where like where do you see in a world where libertarians take over? What what does that look like compared to what we have now? It looks like just a much smaller government, really. Um, I mean. You reference a lot how most government contracted jobs are really just a job program, and that's really what they are. Um, if you actually see these jobs created, most of them are created by people who are retiring from the military, and they literally create a job so that when they retire, they have something to do for the next 20 years, and then they get two retirements. Um, so the biggest thing about libertarianism is just scaling down that part of the government, uh, all this, whatever you want to call the spending. I think it's just hemorrhaging. Um, so the military is a big one. You'd cut back on military spending and just spend on what we need to do and things that we deem um, are necessary or important. Um, and they would also just uh, scale down on a lot of the government organizations along with the military, uh, any three-letter agencies and stuff like that. Um, but Okay, so that's, was, that's kind of the... The spending on public services and jobs and that sort of thing. How do you think it plays into um, like regulations and laws and that side of things? Uh, I mean, it plays into regulations in the same way. I mean, all of our three-letter agencies are created because they're regulation enforcers. So if you're scaling those down, the regulations should also be scaled down. Uh, at the end of the day, we should have a set of things that should or should not be done uh, depending on their impact 
on whatever is around it, whether you want to say the environment or the people, uh, things like that. Um, and then there, there so shouldn't wanna, be that much enforcement. Do you want to abolish or just scale back these agencies? I don't know. I, mean, I think we'd be fine without them, but I think getting rid of them could cause a, uh, like a gap that, I don't know. I'd have to really think about the effect that just getting rid of these agencies would have on uh, just the economy and stuff like that. Because they, they certainly would. I mean, there are towns built around these things. So, but, but yeah, I mean. Okay. So do you think it. that corporations should be given more freedom kind of by proxy of scaling back the government oversight of, of you know, private businesses? Yes. Okay. Now, do you think that by giving those corporations more freedom, you're actually going to limit people's freedom in the end? Because people spend the majority of their time at work, right? So their life, the, the regulations and policies at work kind of dictate more of their freedoms on a daily basis than, you know, what they do that's within the confines of like state or federal law. It could. Um, but you, you have to remember that libertarianism still believes in a government for which it was established. Do you know what that was? To limit the power of the federal government? And to protect our rights. Right. So if you still go by the Constitution, you would understand. Like, yes, these corporations could still possibly limit what these uh, citizens are doing at work. But it would still have to abide by the laws and standards in the constitution saying that you can't really infringe on any of our rights. Right. So, okay. So I think that's fair. But if we look back, um, you know, towards the earlier days of this nation and when, you know, work hours were 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, whatnot, you know, nothing in the constitution protected people from that kind of, uh, work workload. So how does, so we've, you know, taken a lot of um, stands and making made policies to uh, kind of deal with that. But in a government that sole purpose is to limit itself, I don't think we do you think we'd still have those policies? And do you think that, you know, now that we have them, we need them? That's those are the things that I think should be there to some extent. Um, I go back and forth. I mean, most of those policies came up from just the industrial age of having kids in factories, uh, which is obviously like, there's no problem with that. There shouldn't be eight year olds operating this giant machinery and getting limbs ripped off and stuff like that. But on the other hand, my little brother shouldn't have to not be able to work until he's 16. If at 14, he wants to go get a job. Um, and as far as our requirements go, that's not really that dictated by these regulations. I mean, there's still plenty of people out there who work 12 hour shifts. Um, so, I mean, the general population might be quote unquote protected under that, but it's not to say that it doesn't happen or that it can't happen. I mean, it should be, I think it should absolutely be able to happen. If somebody says they want to work 12 hour shifts, but they should, they should also be compensated for that. You know, like they shouldn't be getting the same thing as someone working eight hour shifts. Right. But that, so that's what the current laws, um, kind of make sure happens because they're, 
I, I don't know if it's federal or state or not, but um, like if you work over a certain amount of hours, you have to get paid like time and a half. Yeah. Um, so, but without that government protection, uh, I, you know, I think we would quickly see businesses revert to how they operated in the past when they had more freedom. And that is, you know, keep people for as long as they can um, and, you know, pay them as little as possible. It's like, do you, what do you think about the minimum wage? Do you think we should keep it around? Do you think it's necessary? Um, I think minimum wage is necessary to say that uh, somebody should make, like, this is what somebody should make no matter what. But I don't think it should be necessarily... It, I mean, it's used nothing more than a pawn right now. So, I don't know, it kind of goes back and forth. If you really, if you could tear everything else down, I still think that companies will be put into the situation where they have to pay their employees a fair wage for the work that they're doing. So, a fair, but what is a fair wage? Wait, w- would a company not just go under if they were trying to pay everybody $3 and nobody wanted to work there? That's what I'm saying. So they would, they would that still govern- be put into a situation where they have to pay them a fair wage. So that's going to govern itself. You don't need the government to tell you to pay $15 and if you're paying $12 and everybody else is paying 15 if every, if every business wants to lower their costs as much as possible, um, they're going to you know, do whatever so, they can to lower their costs. But if they do that, like every okay. business goes under. Every, either either every business goes under or everything corrects and we're buying a gallon of milk for 25 cents a gallon and like a pound of meat for 20 cents a pound you know um because because in the same way you if say all these companies do that you're talking about an economy at that point so you're crashing the economy so it, that would at least correct itself if everybody at once said now that we don't have to pay them this we're going to pay them this because think, I mean, that includes all of these meat processing plants and, uh, like all the goods and services. So, so, so let's just look at like inflation, though. Um, like inflation, you inflation know. only happens because the government. So we're talking about a situation where the government's out of it. So inflation doesn't really pertain to the situation. So, well, that I I disagree with that. But just talking Why? about inflation, like year over year. Inflation is going to keep going up and wages don't keep going up. I mean, we've seen for the last. Why does inflation you know, keep going up? Because, I mean, that's generally, uh, I mean, in the U.S. at least specifically, we make sure inflation goes up. Like, I think the target is like 3% every year um, to make sure that investments are still made and people don't just hoard money. Because then it's not profitable to just save your money because it'll lose value. Uh, and in a, in a system where everyone owns money privately. We need to incentivize people to put their money into the economy. To spend it, yes. Right. So that so that's why inflation happens. But with that happening, we you know people's wage can stay the same, but it's actually going down over time, and businesses have no incentive to increase it. And we've pretty much seen that. I mean, the average, um, the median wage hasn't increased much um, since you know like the nineteen seventies is what a lot of people like to point to. But so although yes. Um, it's what about right now? I think right now is proof that it, that's not the case. Like right now you have, I could, I could make more money if I went and worked at McDonald's or Wendy's because of this, because it, the, the economy has gotten so bad. Everything's so expensive that people, that workers have decided it's not worth working for that wage. 
And because of it, these companies have increased their wages. Right. This this is the first time in a very long time we've seen this, though. Yes, it is. But it why it's proof that it that's how it works and that's how it could happen. I mean, it, it but it took a global pandemic. Like this doesn't get uh, monitored within the regular you know operating parameters of because our system. because it's never happened before. Like you're saying, you can't just dismiss it because of the pandemic when the government's been dictating it otherwise. What do you mean by that? Like I'm saying, the wages have risen on their own. Our Delaware's minimum wage is still what eight seventy five, but nowhere's paying less than fourteen an hour. Nowhere. So, the minimum wage might be eight seventy five, but really it's like twelve thirteen dollars, because you, you're not going to find a job that pays eight seventy five. So, yeah, that could be happening now, but. If you look at the curve over time, um, that number is pretty much in line with like historical numbers, just with inflation. So if you look at that eight dollars when the eight dollars actually went into place, and then like the fourteen dollars now, and account for inflation, eight dollars went into place like three years ago. So well, if that's that, the case, we like that would put our inflation. Well, at before 50%. that, was it like you know seven fifty or something like that? Like usually, Gabriel, when did you state yeah, that the like minimum tw- wage changed last? When it changed last? Yeah. Not changed last. Sorry, you said he was just saying that they referenced been... the '70s, which is like the last time it actually jumped up. So, 1978, it was 265. 1980, 310. 1990, 380. Uh, no, sorry, I, I didn't say the minimum wage. The uh, median income adjusted for inflation. So, like, what people make hasn't, like, what they can actually buy with their money hasn't gone up. It's kind of just stagnated. It's only kept up with inflation at best. And so you think that raising the federal minimum wage changes that? Well, I think, well, I was talking more specifically to your point about um, if people aren't making that much, then people won't work for a certain wage and then they'll get paid more and it'll kind of balance out. But we haven't really seen that happen. Look at every single union ever. Well, that's all they do is they, they lock out and then they say, pay us more. You get you get a month of a company losing their mind and then they pay their employees more. The only time that has ever not happened is under Reagan. Well, let's clarify positions here real fast. So, Gabriel, you believe that raising the minimum wage is an overall benefit to the American citizen, and Matthew, do you believe the opposite? Yes. Gabe? Um, raising it, yeah. I mean, I think most people agree we should raise it because what is federal right now? I think most people don't understand. Federal is $15. So, Gabe, you think that if, say... Right now? Yes. We yeah. passed that? I, no, that was definitely downvoted, right? That was passed, like, two years ago now. A year and a half, two years. Like, as soon as Biden got in. It doesn't meet the states until, it's like, 2080. Fe- it's federal. Or, yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous in the future. But um, federal, yes. Like, the federal... Like, if you work wage. in a federal building, you're making minimum oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But the minimum for for private businesses... So, do you yeah. you believe that... That's still state. You believe okay. that the, I, I the federal government should have a say in what the state minimum wage is? Because minimum wage in New York can I is will will make somebody very rich in here. North Dakota. Right, right. I think I think the um like most laws, the federal government should set the baseline and then the state should um they should set the minimum baseline, and the state should, you know, adjust properly for that. But in this way, oh, the minimum baseline being fifteen dollars, may. I? Uh, so, if okay, minimum wage in Alaska would be like fifteen twenty dollars an hour, right? And in Alaska, you're paying six dollars for a gallon of water. 
and generally two to three times the price on all goods because of um, they have to import everything, right? Right. So why should we in Delaware make the same amount that they have to make to live? Do you not see how us in Delaware are going to benefit way more than them? We're literally, I could get rich off of that in my situation. So it's still state by state. Every state's different. Like, like Andrew said, look at New York versus Delaware or something like that. The prices are going to be way more in the densely populated cities or depending on where you are, if you have to import everything. So it can't just be one size fits all. Yeah. So that's exactly what I'm saying. At the minimum, it should be set by the federal government and then state should... Sorry, so actually, on the federal minimum wage is actually still seven twenty-five. It has not changed. Is it okay. really? Yes. Yeah, that, that there was a whole scene when they tried to pass that, it, and there was yeah. one Democrat it's that voted it down. Seven twenty-five an hour, two ninety per forty-hour work week, or fifteen thousand a year. So that okay. So I think everyone on both sides of the aisle agree we should raise it from that because that's not even keeping up with inflation. The fifteen dollars an hour thing is where it gets a little okay. contentious. I say I agree with what you were saying. But it still frustrates me that we are being reactive to a problem. We create a problem. We're like, shit, we got to fix this problem now. Let's spend more money. When if we just took away the problem that we incorporated, we don't have to do that. See, I think that problem is capitalism. So so what do you think the problem is? The problem is the opposite of capitalism. The problem is a big government. Like, I mean, we've been over this. Look into everything the government puts their hands into and just watch the... Um, inflation and cost of operation skyrocket. Have either one of you looked into minimum wage versus uh, cost of living per state? Yeah, I mean, I think most people think that the, the whole $15 an hour argument is that the minimum wage should be cost of living. So in D.C., the minimum wage per hour, this is just D.C. is fifteen twenty, and the cost of living is, okay, let's say D.C., Versus Wisconsin, Wisconsin seven twenty five per hour, DC is fifteen twenty per hour, and Wisconsin's cost of living is above fifty k, or it's just about fifty k, and District of Columbia is over eighty k. I totally zoned out when I drank my coffee. Okay, so so <laughs> the they have the same minimum wage, but one cost no, of living is fifty k. That's false. No, and there's eighty. Wait, no, the minimum wage is lower in the state of uh dc no wisconsin okay yeah, so was, then that's there, the way it should and, be and therefore the cost of living is also lower well i i mean i think that there's a correlation there i don't think it's okay let's do two way. other states then well i'm i'm saying you're probably gonna see a correlation across the board but so what does like, that mean to you well, like Matt said, we're usually reactive in this and that there's a problem and then we go back and be like, okay, well, now we need to raise it. We, I mean, if you look at like the graphs of minimum wage over time, it's usually inflation devalues that wage and then after a certain point, then we raise the minimum wage. It's usually like a lagging um, enactment of policy, not a like progressive change, which is also why the $15 an hour is such a you know left side of the aisle thing is because it's actually for once a progressive raise instead of a um, kind of reactive to inflation. But uh, so where where was I going with this? What were, what were we talking about before this uh, slight rabbit hole? Oh, unions, right? So, do you think that there should be laws protecting unions? I don't know. I go back and forth. I don't, I really don't think so. I don't think there's a reason why why 
a group of employees should have to identify themselves as a group and have representatives to talk to their own company. Um, really, it's just to protect. Uh, I don't. Know, it's a. It's a very weird. Um, just overall interaction between a company and the government. So, I, I kind of almost completely agree with you. Uh, it's a very weird interaction. Like, why wouldn't the employee? And I've always seen it is why don't the employees just all gather up and agree on something and just go to their employer themselves, like instead of unionizing? But I guess it's just because when you unionize, there's now a government law saying that the company can't, yeah, um, I- can't lash out on you for doing it. But even if they did, you're talking about a group of people who are going to leave and now you're going to have that gap to fill. Okay, so I think, okay, so a couple things there because I think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head. So, yes, unionization is real. I mean, at the heart of it, it's just a group of people going to their employer. Yeah. Um, and, you, like, you know, like you said, people try to do it in the past and then they get fired or whatever. So, um, so you know, they actually unionize so that they can be protected under the law. Um, so one, yes, I think it's a very, very weird process that shouldn't be necessary. I think that kind of structure should be built into the company, um, so that the people, uh, have some say in the company by default, whatever built in to company policy. Um, so they don't have to go through a separate process, which is then additional overhead. Yeah. That sort of thing. If they, if the people of the company want representatives, sure. They can elect them if they just want, you know, direct votes. Sure. They can do it that way. Um, the other thing is. You said that the people would just quit and then there'd be a gap in the company. But there's such a surplus of uh, workforce that that's usually not a problem. Like the uh, if everyone had a job, then that would be a problem for employers. So let's look at I don't think that's the case because let's look at like the largest unionized corporations. Right. You're going to look at our biggest producers of goods and the airlines. So those are our, like our biggest and teachers are our biggest unions in the U.S. Um, the good ones like craft, yeah, cops do. Um, but even then, there's there's no surplus of any of those people. I mean, all the people I know, because there's a craft plant by me who who work there, I think they're getting boned by the union. Like the employees are just getting wrecked. Like during COVID, these people had to work like eighteen hour shifts six days a week, and that was the union doing work for them. And I was like, you have to do that. And if they didn't do that, they lost their job. Almost everybody who was unionized was actually just let go in the last two weeks there. I believe it. So, But they were let go by the company. No. the, I mean, the union can't let them go. The company can no longer afford to pay them uh, at the union level. Right. So they just fire them and then hire someone who will take a lower wage. Yes. Right. So that... So, right. So the people working at those companies don't actually have much bargaining power because they can just be fired and replaced. Whereas if, and that would be different if every single person had a job and was working and it was hard to find new people and everyone was like satisfied in the work, then people would have more bargaining power. But as it is currently, uh, and you know, has been the, your, your employer has much more bargaining power when it comes to your salary than you do. Um, so that's why like unions have to exist or, you know, just community groups of people, um, going against an employer, uh, collectively, but like even in that case, like like you said, like people can still be fired for, you know, trying to unionize, trying to get um, a higher wage. Yeah. Um. So to to kind of circle that back, the uh, these are some of the things that I 
some of the reasons why I believe we can't just kind of have the basic mindset of reducing government because that will uh, eliminate a lot of these things that we fought very hard for. I don't think so. I, I look at the airline industry as a pretty good and the teacher industry have a pretty good example of how unions can really fuck up a good industry. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, like unions as they exist today, a lot of them are like corrupt and yeah. don't. So if you look back when they first became like the Railroad Act and all of that, I mean, reading about unions, then you're like fucking obviously like it's a great idea. But the way they're used now is just not there anymore. I think like most things in this country, there was an original intent and we've completely forgot about it. And now there's just a bunch of people exploiting the letter of like the law that was created. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, um, I think the solution for that as I already stated, though, is uh, is having it built into the structure of the business so that employees can um, have a say without having to go through a union. But then, then but then you're talking about another person who who can exploit that. What do you mean? Like it, they could do direct democracy if they wanted to. It doesn't have to be like representatives. But there's still somebody in charge of that program, right? Of that, like you said, infrastructure, like the structure that's now in that company. Like, there's still somebody to enforce it, right? I mean, um, yes, but no. I mean, it could be set up, you know, numerous ways, yeah. I don't think. Um, you could have someone, you could have it as like a separate vision, or it could just be, you know, the basic uh, structure. So I have a slight question. Do you want me to do a completely opposite topic, or can I do a related topic that's still just as... I think do whatever, yeah. Okay. So, we, to be clear, though... We 100% have to have, a, in the future, a topic on minimum wage versus inflation. Agreed. Uh, that's why I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. So I can... I also... Okay. We the, can mine dive will, in. Mine will also set us up, too. Okay. So. All right. What's, what's our next beer? I'm going to butcher this. No, uh, Bitburger? Is that what that says? It looks like it, doesn't it? It's a German beer. It's a, yeah. German premium pale beer. Um... Apparently, Germany is number one draft beer, so I can feel that weird uh, mustache, mustache growing. growing in between my <laughs> left and right lip. <clears throat> All right. All right, Matthew. What, what, do you, what do you think of the beer? Uh, I think it's pretty good. It's flavorful. Um, not too hoppy, but... Oh, man, this is flat. I was going to say, I had very little problem with the head of this beer when yeah. pouring it, which concerned me a bit. This is, this is that's liquid. Not car- that's not carbonated wheat. at all. Yeah. This is, we got, we got no hops. We got no fruitiness. Rut row. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the alcohol content works out. Okay. All right. Let's go. Next topic. So tell me why and how. You being against libertarianism is not just playing the definition of insanity. Define the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So why being against... So one thing I'll say off the bat is I'm not against reducing or limiting government power in cases. I just don't think it should be our... um, general approach like i don't think we should default to well if there's an issue limiting the government is probably going to be the best solution in some cases if there's an issue the government created 
limiting the government should be the solution, right? Well, I mean, I look at something like um, zoning laws where, like, you know, we with the government, we ended up with a bunch of single-family zoning laws. Yeah. Um, and the solution is to remove the single-family zoning laws. No, it's to remove the entity that put that in place in the first place. Well, it was the people Stop who, it from ever happening again. I, well... But we, you know, we want building regulation. We want, we want things to be to a very out. small in extent. We don't want skyscrapers next to a single family home. That is it. That is like there's that and maybe four or five other zoning laws that should exist. As a uh, someone who enjoys urban planning, I vehemently disagree with that. Um, I think we need solid zoning. I mean, look at just like New York is one of the only good. Um, like well-designed walkable cities in the u.s and it's because back in like 1811 before anyone else was doing it well not anyone else but they were one of the early ones in yeah. the u.s um they passed like the manhattan expansion plan where they defined that like city blocks have to be a certain length um and like all these regulations for creating city blocks and then it you know nowadays it made for a city that has grown and actually kept up with capacity um for i mean for how dense it is it's you know doing pretty good and for american terms so I think we need, you know, regulations. We need planning. Uh, we can't just kind of, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of suburbs people don't like because things are kind of just built as developers want to. And then, you know, you're 10 minutes from the nearest store. Um, and, we, you know, you have these weird layouts that people don't like. Um, and, you know, I, I would rather be close to a grocery store, but I'm, you know, like, you know, just as far away as uh, entertainment. Like, I'd, I'd rather have everything in my neighborhood you know, entertainment, school, um, groceries, like all the basics. And, you know, there are a lot of urbanization plans that incorporate that. But I, but I think we still need those structures. We just don't need shitty versions of zoning laws like single-family zoning. But if you're still giving somebody the power to put their structures in, what's going to stop them from doing the shitty zoning laws? I mean, I think that's the whole point of electing people is if someone does a shitty job, you don't elect them again and elect someone who will fix it. You really have faith in people not to elect a shitty person? I mean, look at the last two years. Think about how many people threw a vote down because of a dislike for somebody else or just because they were idiots and just did a blind vote. Either way, on both sides. Yeah, there are absolutely problems. But, I mean, what is the alternative? Like, you, you get people to agree on something. You need some structure to kind of carry out their will. <clears throat> And government is just the structure we have. Because, so, I mean, that's kind of opening a different door. Because my answer to that would just be get rid of this whole idea that it's one person against the other and just accept the fact that we all want to do our own thing and should have the liberty to do so. And that uh, we can put a government in place that lets everybody do their own thing as long as it doesn't infringe on anybody else. But that's does that work kind of a different... Does that work with 350 million people, do you think? For the most part, yes. Um, I think as long as we keep the states how they should be, I think it would work fine. Federally... I mean, again, like different doors federally, I should be able to own any gun I want and you should be able to smoke however much pot you want and neither of us should have to go to jail for it. 
Um, if you want to get an abortion, you should be able to get an abortion. But then, right? But then, I mean, then like, again, instead of that, people are looking at it as I want to get an abortion, and you want to get a gun, and you can't do that, and I can do this. It should just be we can both do each of them. I mean, thinking that libertarianism is not a good system or not thought out is just, I think that's asinine because we're looking at, I mean, think about anything else in your life. If you failed this much both ways, you would never keep trying ever. I, I largely agree, which is why I think that the underlying system is the problem. We, that we keep trying and it keeps, I mean, we keep trying to patch it. With all these band-aids and it keeps not working the but, underlying system it's it's from the patching and band-aids that got us here the underlying system hasn't been used in like 150 years the closest we've gotten is a handful of presidents i and they've barely scraped the surface okay well we we can circle back to that point but on your point about abortion you should be allowed to have an abortion uh you should be allowed to smoke weed you should be allowed to own guns and um the, i like, let me be clear, though. That's not because I believe in it. It's because I believe in your liberty. Like, yeah. I don't... I wouldn't want my daughter to get an abortion. But who the fuck am I to say your daughter can't? Yeah, so I, I understand where you're coming from um, in that regard. And I think most people agree with that, uh, but there's a line. And I think... I, I mean, I think we can agree there's a line. Um, so, like, when it comes to smoking weed... Like, yeah, you can smoke weed in your own private property, but you can't smoke weed while you're driving a car. Same I thing as alcohol. No, same thing know. as alcohol. Yeah, it, but if even, you're even drinking alcohol, alcohol is bullshit. No, it's not. Because if you're drinking alcohol at your house, you're not putting anybody in danger. But if you drink alcohol, get in your car, you could kill somebody on the street. So that you is infringing kill, you can kill somebody on somebody else's doing freedom. Anything. You can kill somebody. Matt, doing if anything. I'm sitting right here in my seat drinking a beer, I cannot just fucking kill somebody okay. across the street. <laughs> It doesn't happen that way. When you put yourself out into the public, inebriated in one so way or another. So you think you should be able to be pulled over for swerving, and if you blow over the legal limit, they can take you to jail and take your license away? Well, you first of all... You didn't do anything wrong. First of all... You drove on the road that you paid for. Well, f So, first of all, that law's there because somebody did run into a family and killed the whole family at some point, to be clear. Okay, but, and they, they but, should face... But, 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 DUIs do not work that way. We know how many people who have had five fucking DUIs and didn't go to jail and stay there. I know one person who's been to jail for three months but on his ninth DUI. Ninth. But you shouldn't. You shouldn't go to jail for a DUI. I mean, if you put people in danger nine times in a row, you you're a problem. If you crash, so, if you crash your car in a DUI, I think there should be swift consequences. So, do you think somebody should go to jail for shooting a gun straight into a city without seeing where it's going? So he's not shooting at anybody, but he's shooting directly at... He has no clue where he's shooting. But he could hit somebody every now and then, right? So when he hits somebody and kills them, should he go to jail for murder or no? Because, oh, I was just shooting randomly. No, he should go to jail for murder. Just like... It, no, listen. If somebody drives drunk and hits somebody, they should go to jail for murder. I think that should be a higher punishment than any regular murder. Okay? Assuming that it's not like a heinous act. But if you're driving... From point A to point B, if, or one of our friends who drives only on back roads, sees nothing more than a couple of deer, gets pulled over and loses their license, and now their right to drive on the roads. I mean, that they there's going to be a minority. There's going to be a minority of situations where I'm like, yeah, that's BS. 
But the majority of situations, if you're on Route 13, a major highway, and you're swerving in and out, and you're, you blow a... Yes, you, but we this can is argue, the letter and intent. We can argue that the legal limit should be changed. Okay, I don't think so. We can, we can argue that. It's definitely true that some people handle it differently. Uh, yes and no. Like, there's a clear, like, you can... There are tests done on actual visual impairment based on alcohol per person, and it's pretty pretty regular. Yes, but think about how many people and can, that's drive, can drive drunk very safely. I can, I'd say that's the majority, because let's face it, we all drive probably when we shouldn't, where we know that we would be over the legal limit. This is self-incriminating at this point. <laughs> I, I, I really don't... Like, I've done that one time, and it was with Dad. And it was because Dad was in a bad situation. <laughs> like, Dad could not. So that was, like, me... That yes, but I one hundred percent avoid that though. So now, what's going to stop them so, from coming and stopping you from doing any other task that could lead to somebody being in danger from you? I realize that there's ways that they overstep, but there, we can't just burn all of it to the ground because you feel like it's going to turn into something else. Uh, so I'm going to be honest. Okay, so I'm you know clearly I'm agreeing with Andrew here. I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised that you don't see the need for a line. As much, I thought you would be like, well, yeah, like obviously I, you shouldn't better shoot into a city or like. No, don't get me. I absolutely see the need for a line, but I'm saying that. Are you, are I'm you, pointing out the contradictory opinions here. I, I cannot say that we should all have equal liberty, but say that if you drive your car at point zero nine blood out or blood alcohol, whatever the breathalyzer tests for, that you should get your license taken away because that's not. That's contradictory to my principle. I. Do you see what I mean? No, I, I see. I see you invoking like the slippery slope argument. I don't see a contradiction though. If that so makes sense. It's not always a bad thing to contradict your because your okay, opinion should, should I change. be able to have a beer on the way home? Your opinion, your opinion should change based on new data. Therefore, if you contradict yourself because you have new data, that's not a problem. You shouldn't be up dying on a hill. Okay. Because. One, Just, of the, one of the Koreas did this. And then this. call it liberty. One of the Koreas did this. You can drive drunk, but if you get in an accident and, and kill somebody, you go to jail for like 10 years. And their rates are incredible because there's a swift punishment. Did you see one of the Koreas? One of the... Probably, I'm sure it's South Korea. I don't think it was North Korea. <laughs> if it was, then that was my bad for not noticing when I looked at that. But... But I just think that... So has there has that caused the rate to go down, or was the rate already low? The rate went down. The rate of... Whether that was people being more careful or people stopping themselves from doing it more. But... So the rate... I'm of, just saying, like, at what... If they can draw... If they can pull us over for having a certain amount of... Uh, a certain amount of substance in our body, at what point can they pull us over and look at our hunting rifle in the back seat and say, ah, you might be able to go put somebody in danger right now. You know? I mean, I think, okay, so this is where the line comes in. Like you're saying, well, you're saying it's a slippery slope. Like if, if they have the power to do this in one yeah. area, why won't they just take it in all areas? But they do is what I'm saying. But so for that reason, you can't, you can't, I mean, DUI nine times out of 10 is arresting somebody for a future crime. Right. Well, the, they, I mean, by by law, they broke a yeah. law, which is a crime. They they they're already yeah they're committing a but crime. But you mean the, the, the law that was written is to avoid pulling somebody over or arresting them for a future crime? Yes. 
Right? I mean, I agree. So that's I can agree with that. For a future, like, casualty. Like, I, th- I, d- I, th- I do think it's casualty that they have in mind, though. Like, right. this is one How of those situations you- where I'm like, okay, the government's not thinking of just trying to infringe on your rights. They are trying to save lives. In okay. Case. Last time you left a bar and there were a bunch of cops. How many? You really think there's those cops are sitting there like, I'm going to keep everybody safe tonight. I, most of them don't pull people over when I do that. When I leave a bar and there's a bunch of cops, they're sitting in a circle doing nothing. Like absolutely nothing. Are you serious? Have you ever been to like... Matt, think about when we went to go out go with to like, Dewey with me. Remember when we went out to like, well, okay, Dewey's a different situation. But that's everywhere. But that's how it should you be. Co- what? That's how it should be. Your your police station should not be sitting the there exact same everywhere. just arresting people for being drunk and disorderly. Okay, but that's because that's a city. That's their choice. Do you not believe in the state and the city of having their own choices and how they're going to enforce their laws? Home rule. Maybe. All of a sudden. To an extent. That's the whole point of 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 state libertarian is is limiting our federal government. But our federal government's job is still to protect our rights, right? So they should step into the state, which if is the why, state's laws infringe on our rights. Okay, this, not in my opinion. If you don't sure. mind, a quick tangent. Do you think that there should be laws that prevent other laws from being made? I that very struggle hilarious. with that. It's so hard because because that's that's the one of the most contradictory things out there, right? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I don't think I do. I'd have to think about it, but you, I do not you think... You don't have a problem with it? No, I don't think that should be a thing. That's such a fluff oh, statement. It sounds like that's what you just said. The federal government should make a law that states can't make laws. No, no, no. It's the federal government's job to step in if they do. But how do they step in but make a law? Mm, mm. But when they do that over masks and but, vaccines, you're like, no, stop. Who? That makes no sense. That's not... That's That contradicts itself. What do you mean? When the federal government decides to step in and tell us we have to wear masks or get a vaccine in your state, that's a problem now? The government's when the federal job government, is to stop that from happening. Who is not it, implementing. The, government, the federal government, I don't think, should implement very much unless we are at war. Okay, so you're saying the federal government should only stop things, not implement things. Yes, essentially. Okay, so not implement things, stop so things. So the, the law that they should abide by, they shouldn't have to put any laws into place. The law they should be abiding by is the Constitution. So you're okay. You're kind of tripping me out here. You're saying you're like <laughs> you're talking about like an authoritative libertarian government. Like authoritative. No. It, it it sounds like you're saying the federal government's job is not to protect us from the federal government. It's to protect us from any other government in the country. So state it's or local just level. to protect our rights from the federal government, though from anything. And the only thing I'm unsure about is corporations. I don't know if the federal government should be able to step into corporations and protect our rights. That's the one thing I think they should do. So, for more clarification, I do not think that any government should have to, or any government should implement laws to um, essentially bid the way of their party's thinking right i don't think that a libertarian party should have to be authoritative um what i think is that they should only stop things from being put into place so if there is a smaller government a state or city legislator putting something forward that will restrict somebody's rights i do think it is their job to step in and the same and we see this all the time somewhat with the supreme court i was gonna say like a federal judge Yes, the Supreme Court, where if it happens on the state level, you can um, 
dispute that. I mean, it's clearly very ineffective because it takes years to make it that high, and you have to rely on all the judges before the Supreme Court to agree with you. Um, so there's that way of doing it. I think there's a big difference between, and again, not that I think laws should be put into place, but I think there's a big difference between um, somebody saying something or imposing their will on you um, that results in less freedom or more freedom. You telling me I can't walk into a store without a vaccine or a mask is taking freedom from me. Me saying that anybody should be able to go into the store and wear a mask if they want to is giving more freedom. I think that's that's the line that should be drawn. So you're more into... So in the positive versus negative freedoms, you think the government should impose pr- positive freedoms or... Is that, is that what you're trying to say? There should never be a negative freedom. There should never be a scenario that results in less freedom, whether it's. So I'm just free to murder you at any time. You absolutely are. What's the hell stopping you other than yourself? Obviously, there is a swift punishment, but that's that's your right to choose. Well, then, what do you consider a positive freedom? How do you mean? So I mean, but okay. So you're saying like the. The government should allow you to walk into a store. Okay, so like a positive freedom would be abortion for all. You're giving more people the opportunity to actually be free and make their own choice, right? It should be medical freedom that that a, a corporation or a government cannot choose what vaccine you need to take. Okay, so I think let's let's tie this into the, real fast before we get too far. Abortion for all was not the way to put that. <laughs> I was thinking definitely. Uh, I, want, I want every Liberty American. Abortion for all. I want every American to get abortions. <laughs> no, I just mean that everybody has the right to. They shouldn't have to jump through any hoops for it, um, especially if it's justified. Okay, so I think the the heart of the issue that you said just moments ago is that the government should protect everyone's freedoms but you're not sure about protecting them from corporations. So what about if a corporation says you are not allowed to walk into my store unless you have a mask on? I don't know. I think that's their I do think that that's their choice. I think they can do that. I don't think it's the government's uh, okay, what place about, to step in there. What about if the the store says, "Okay, you can't walk in here if you're gay?" Well, that it's the same idea. Right, that that's what I'm saying. That'll, yeah. that'll invoke competitors, though. So that'll invoke more in our system now. That'll invoke another competitor that does the same thing to come up and take it, those customers. It, it absolutely will. But the thing is, that doesn't happen instantly. So, I mean, there was discrimination against, like, gay people or certain races for a good amount, good period of time before the government stepped in and address those things. And if they didn't, it is possible that it would have been addressed over time, but it would have taken a long time and there would have been, you know, potentially generations that had to deal with these things. Um, just because the gut, because, you know, we're, our ideology is that we don't step in. So like, yeah. So it, in your way of thinking of things, it would have been 
given people more freedom for the government not to step in. But for those people affected by it, they would have less freedom because they were the minority. Yes. Um, so I do think like in that case, like let's put the 50s and 60s and 70s. Let's use that as our um, example case. The government probably should have stepped in, right? And say, look, you can't refuse people because of the color of their skin. But look at what we're dealing with now because of that. We can refuse people because of their medical status, which is where I think there's an issue. That's one example where they did something good. But if they can do something good, they can do something bad as well. That's where it scares me. I mean, I think today you still could refuse somebody for any reason. Uh, I think it would blow co- over a lot worse <laughs> if you did refuse them for their color but because of social media but i don't think there's laws prohibiting you from saying hey because you're white or because you're black you can't come in here anymore i think there there are um i believe there are because remember the whole like cake baking thing i believe that the i don't think they ever got couple won that case and they just won money from the business so i mean that doesn't sound like one that sounds like but that's like we're using this weird concept of freedoms right now where like uh yes the result was just that they got sued and lost money but that's essentially all we have unless we're like forcing people through unless we're using you know like some physical power that's you know what we have is we have um you know the opportunity to sue and then win the case so there's so the way we do have the right to uh refuse service uh, except for to protected classes, including uh, it says sex, so I, gu- I guess it means gender, uh, <laughs> religion or religious beliefs, race or color, age, national origin, veteran status, disability. So everything. Right. Is sexual orientation under there? I think that's what they meant by sex. Okay, so like sex or sexual orientation. Yeah. I-, I could see that going both ways. But that was the kind of the contention point with that case is it was their sexual orientation that was what they disagreed with it wasn't the fact that they were dudes it was the fact that they were gay so yeah yes yes so okay so you're saying that the government should step in there right go ahead andrew (laughs) so wait more clarification so you can you can refuse service to a homosexual if he's loud and rowdy in your place of business. So it's more about the action than anything else. And so it, it seems to have separated itself by that in court. But isn't it like that with anything? Like if, uh, yeah, yeah, that's how it should be. I mean, it shouldn't, right. it shouldn't matter if I come in a, a raging, not straight dude. And, uh, as, as long as I'm not, you know, really loud about it, it should be a pro- it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> so, so wait, so what do you think? Do you think the government should have stepped into that cake shop and said, Hey, you, you have to make them a cake. Uh, I think they should have stepped in in the way that they did. That is, they should have gone to the court and the court should have set the mandate or set the president precedent as you cannot discriminate based on sexual orientation. They did win that case, right? Okay. All right. We got our our research guy over here. So, I'm going to have to side with Matthew on this. If a private business decides whether it's religious based or what it is 
not to serve somebody because it's against their religion, that's fine. That should be okay. Okay. So, all right. All right. So well, this is okay. the crux of the matter. That's, this, that's like forcing a Jew to eat pork. Yes. This is... No, be, no, no. Because it's be, it's a freedom. It's not a, a requirement. Okay, wait. This is the this is the tip of the iceberg, okay? you Matt, according... This is where I think Matt's uh, libertarian ideology naturally goes. Matt wants the government limited. Matt wants people to have complete freedom in the eyes of the government. And then he wants complete freedom for corporations, too. So then if the government, it just is goal is to limit itself and it can't protect anything outside of itself, then everyone who privately owns everything, because now the government it doesn't step in. It everyone, would replace the government. Then and everything everyone about it, right? can dictate whatever they want. It's basically a bunch of dictatorships instead of one central dictatorship. So I, it just naturally leads to dictatorship. I mean, I agree. If you give companies like, I, I, I understand what you're saying. So you're saying if you give all these companies all this freedom, and this is Andrew speaking. <laughs> if you're giving companies all this freedom that eventually they're going to replace the government in becoming this giant entity. Yeah. I mean, look at Amazon, look at all the fan companies, look at like, they, I they basically, I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I like, they're just going to be monopolies. Like I, do you disagree that? Companies will eventually form monopolies. It might be a slow process because competition no, will slow I'm, things but down. But I hate the Amazon argument because we all begged for that. So it's kind of like, like I completely what? understand the evil we're faced with now with it, so to say. But nobody was complaining when we started being able to get stuff online like that. I you, agree. You, you know what I mean? But but why didn't we complain? Because it was fucking convenient. It's nice. Yes, because we our, love it. Our our entire system is based on consumerism. It's based on what we want, not what we need. So all these things that we wanted, like there are people, you know, with huge medical bills, whatever, you know, from just say like cancer, or some natural cause, or or there's you know plenty of people have huge medical bills they can't pay, but they can get you know stinking a USB charger to the door in two days. They don't have to go anywhere for it. Like. Yeah, they want that. Do they actually need that? Like, we focus so much on what consumers want that these things that we don't actually want That's in the end... That's because the government's not controlling Amazon, but it is controlling healthcare. The government If you made an Amazon healthcare. healthcare, I bet people could fucking get cancer treatment in a week. But we don't, because the government's in healthcare. The government is controlling it. in healthcare, but they don't control it. It's they still private control. business. Do governments... Con yes, they control it. They set the prices... They do not. That's a huge point that the left wants is that they want the government to be able to set prices, whereas right now they can't. You really think they don't? I think they uh, have a huge amount of influence in some cases. But I it, mean, look at the okay. Martin it's, Scrolly, whatever his name was. But it's, it's, the, it's in the same way of like, do doctors push certain drugs for financial gain of a company? Do they? No, but they do. Right. You know that doctors have sales representatives who come up to them, become good friends, do the whole salesman pitch, give them free tickets to whatever the fuck game, and then the doctors are going to start prescribing that. I mean, look at the opioid crisis, right? right? That's what happened there. Doctors started prescribing this stuff out the ass for these companies for whatever reason, whether it was the relationship with the sales representative or it was because they had conflict of interest in that company, but it happens. Whether whether it's through a gray area or not, but how does that how does that imply that the government caused that problem? 
that seems to me like it was the private entities that made a bunch of you know deals or personal relationships that got in the way. Because the government's what dictates our healthcare insurance providers, right? But they dictate such a small portion of it. Like compared to like any other developed country, they barely have control. And our prices are the highest of any developed country for you know, comparative services. Like you're you're right in the fact that they have some level of control. But, but I, they have I think it's little. way more subsidized than we think it is. Oh, it's subsidized, but it's subsidized, but that money is just going to the corporations that all these private businesses. They're not like it's not subsidized because it costs so much. It's subsidized because it arbitrarily. But what would costs happen if we took all that money away? All the money going to the corporations. Yeah, if that's what you're saying, all of that subsidization goes to. What happens when we pull that plug? Then the individuals have to pay for it. You like really think now. so? Like if you don't I have- don't think so. I think if that happened, then guess what? We'd be able to get treatment wherever we want without healthcare. We could actually dictate, hey, guess what? We, I mean, how many people actually agree with having health insurance? Everyone. Wait, what do you mean? No. How many people actually say, yes, for me to be able to go uh, to, the, to the hospital and get whatever treatment I want, I should have the best health insurance? Nobody thinks that. People think it should just be a public service, public good. It shouldn't be public service. It should just be go get what you need. Right, and then who's going to pay for it? You do. But without a health insurance provider in between... Yeah, but like right now... It, it becomes reasonable. No, it, right now. The health insurance providers negotiate with hospitals to bring the prices down. So right now you can get the same service without really? health insurance, and you'll pay more than you than you would if you got a bill for health insurance and then pay that. Yes, I know, because that's like the whole point of health insurance, right? Is you pay your premiums or like you pay your monthly payment and your premiums so that when the hospital charges you $20,000 for a fucking CT scan, you don't pay the 20000 You just pay whatever you have. But I'm saying there's a reason that CT scan is $20,000 now. And it's because of the fucking health insurance. No, no, I'm okay. What I'm saying is if you were to get that CT scan and you don't have health insurance, and if you got it with health health insurance, it costs twenty thousand dollars. They'll charge you fifty thousand dollars, because the health insurance negotiates with hospitals to get prices down even further. That's why we have. Th- I don't think so. No, that's why you have in network and out of network. Is because those are the people they negotiate with to bring prices down further. But why couldn't we negotiate? Because we're individual people. We have no bargaining power. Yeah, we do. We we evidently we don't. We're we are their business. Yeah, but they can just uh, okay, charge no, us. No, no. Okay. You don't decide to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's what? Just in this- like most of the time you're not deciding to go to the hospital. You go to the hospital because it's an emergency Let's go care. to the ER right now and see how many people are about to die. How many people you but think are in there about to, to be die? in there? Like they're there because they need so help. So you think if you break your arm, you should just be like, uh, I'm not dying, so I shouldn't go to the ER? Let no. me negotiate here for five hours before they like operate on me. like Before they put my bone back in place. Like, No, but... The reason, okay, so replace us with the healthcare insurance companies, right? We we can do that now, just to be clear. Like you could go without health insurance. That is a total real yes, possibility. but it's the the odds are stacked against you with healthcare insurance providers there. I'm not. That doesn't mean that the government should just step in and make it all free. I think our healthcare would plummet. I do think that the hospital was different than McDonald's. Like, you're thinking of it like McDonald's. Oh, we just won't go there because we can't negotiate it. But it's an actual necessity to go 
healthcare is more of a necessity than any other business. Yeah. In that way, it's apples to oranges. Who are you talking to? You. Oh. I think most people would agree <laughs> with Andrew. I mean, the but, diehard uh, right-wingers wouldn't. But, like, yes, it's not the same because you can't just not go to the hospital. In me- There are, sure, some cases where you can't just go to the hospital. But in many cases, you can't just not go to the hospital. Our price issues 100% come from the drug manufacturer, the pharmaceutical companies. Like, our hiked-up prices 100% come from that. Okay. If, like, yes, equipment, then, then equipment where, where is expensive. Then where are they getting their money? Like, what pharmaceutical companies? Name a few. Pfizer. Okay. Where are they getting their money? Well, so for that's the drugs? Hard. That's the hospitals. So, the drugs that are paid for by the government are free to the people. No. Or, or damn close to free to the people. Yes, not, it is. Not, I mean, look at like the vaccine. Look at Regeneron, uh, well, yeah. They, people, no, the government usually pays to like facilitate the research and all, and then people have to pay at the end of the day too. Yeah. For the end product. You have uh, to, pretty you much get, everything except the vaccine from Operation Warp Speed is that way. I think the vaccine is the only thing we don't have to quote unquote pay for, but like monoclonal antibodies you have to pay for. Um, all three of those companies get paid every time. Uh, there are a few other drugs that we got from Operation Warp Speed that you have to pay for as well. And what's the other one? The uh, shit. E- even I then, forget. but there's a what's the other Andrew? What's the other COVID treatment that's really good um, for like people who are on on their deathbed? Do you remember? On their deathbed, treatment or or drug? Treatment. Wait, wait, wait. It's like an IV, I think. I forget. Not monoclonal antibodies. No, it's uh, it's obviously one of the controversial ones, but um, I don't know that one. But yeah, and even the vaccines, like two out of three of them, um, are are making a profit. The government's paying for it, but they're still making a profit. Oh yeah, they're making. So the government paid for them, and then they're charging the government uh, extra to make profit off of. So I have a question for you, Gabriel. Yes. If the government pays for our health care. Do we not in turn end up paying the same amount in inflation, including inflation that comes from that? In the case of healthcare, uh, it's there's much more than the government just stepping in and paying. I don't think I don't think many people actually want that. Um, many people, uh, like even just like Bernie Sanders, push for uh, Medicare being able to negotiate prices so that. They so it's not just some ballooning number. Like so, the the government would pay less for the things that they pay a lot for now, um, and then you know the government would pay for those things. So it wouldn't just be a a cycle of constantly upping prices because the government would have more power um, in that scenario. Do you think that our government subsidizing and paying for these vaccines have anything to do with? The I mean different models to different things, but minimum of twelve percent inflation rate that we have right now. Uh, the vaccines, no. I, I what about our 14, what? What about our fourteen hundred dollar checks? Um, because we've never seen inflation like this ever at this point. So the only thing that's changed is a pandemic. That's like that's right. like an earthquake happening in the middle of the ocean, and you're like, yeah, there's this tsunami coming, but I don't think it's because that earthquake. I. Just a windy day. <laughs> I think 
Oh, there's things to dive in here, but I think that's like another separate topic on its own. Come on, son. That's fine. No, because do you do you not agree? Do you okay? Do you not agree? The government being involved generally ramps prices up. If we're talking about healthcare, uh, everything. Look at every absolutely other country that has not. more government involvement, and their healthcare prices are lower. Okay, what about us? Every time our, our government, European, the, European, I, I just because of gas prices, they've been I'm pissing me off lately. European gas prices have been below, above eight dollars literally since two thousand seven. You know, I don't care about that. But but, like, you're, but but you're picking and choosing. But that's a problem. You can't go find one good apple on a shitty the, tree and say this is a great tree. Okay, so. I'm not sure this is what you're asking, but our government subsidizes like oil prices so heavily that, that that's why our oil is so cheap is because the government subsidizes them and the companies that make them. Oh, well. that's also why it's so expensive. So that goes back and forth, right? Because our government, how does our government subsidize them? Wait, do you think do you just a, mean wait, by allowing them think, to do, have it? Do you think? Well, well, let's think about election years, Matthew. Election years, gas goes lower than it was for the entire four period or three year period of the presidency. Every yes. Time. So, so that, what they're that doing is, is they're giving out they're is, giving out permits to drill so that we have a surplus of oil. Yes. So the government does control that, and you do. That's love what it they're doing, the, and you do love it on that fourth on. year every okay, year. Can we face hold this? Just, <laughs> all right. You know what, folks? I, why don't we make this an episode? Tell them to come back next time and hear us <laughs> yell at each other. All right. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're about to dive into this, but you got to come back uh, for episode two. All right. It's been a good one, folks. Bye.